So Apple has now released a study from their iOS health app. I guess it's a clinical study into women's health. Uh, back in from two, I started tracking people back in 2019. So it's the Apple Women's Health Study. They have now affirmed that women do in fact have cramps during their periods. <laughs> Uh, we did not need a study to affirm that. I promise you. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Well, we just did a study and uh, women get cranky during, uh, you know, that time of month. You know, menstruation period. You think so? So the findings, this is just amazing to me that we had to have a study for this. The findings were from the first 10,000 participants who enrolled in the study using the iPhone research app and provided the demographic data. 6,141 participants recorded period symptoms and the most commonly tracked were abdominal cramps, 83%, bloating, 63%, tiredness, 61%. Things I don't know. Everyone knows. Half the participants reported acne, headaches, mood swings, appetite changes, lower back pain, breast tenderness. Uh, Thank you. We really needed this study to tell us all of this information. I mean, incredible. Some of the rarer symptoms included diarrhea, sleep changes, constipation, nausea, hot flashes, and ovulation pain. Now, for you women out there, um, I know you're thinking to yourself, geez, that's nice to know. You probably weren't aware of it. And thankfully, Apple and the iOS Health app uh, had uh, 6,141 participants who are letting people know that you have this problem so you don't have to feel alone. Um, One takeaway was that regardless of race, ethnicity, age, and geographic location, symptom frequency was nearly universal. Wait, what? (laughs) Again, I really, I don't know how much money they got for this study. I'm sure they got a lot of money since they are calling this a clinical study into women's health. So they did get some kind of money for this guaranteed. This is all, this is all study money, uh, that they get from the government. So, you know, that Apple got study money for this, uh, and or grant money for this program should be titled women's health. Duh. All right. Um, A university in California, University of California, Davis, has uh, offered their students cash if they don't go on spring break. Now, it's 75 bucks for the week. Are you, if you had plans to go on spring break, would 75 bucks turn you around? 
I doubtful. Doubtful. If I'm a student and I'm going on spring break, 75 bucks to not go on spring break isn't going to turn me around. But I will say that if you were not going away on spring break, you are filing for that 75 bucks, right? So they're giving it to the first 500 qualified entries. And they said, don't wait. Don't wait to the spring break grant. Limited to the first 500, all non-essential travel should be avoided. And that's what California is saying anyway. So staying local is a good way to do your part in slowing the spread of COVID-19. Oh, okay. No problem. So, I don't know. It just seems like 75 bucks wouldn't turn me around uh, if I was planning on going to, I don't know, let's say somewhere warm. Oh, wait, it's in California. I know that uh, Florida, remember back in March of last year, uh, Governor DeSantis uh, closed down some beaches due to the risk of uh, virus transmission. This was last March now because uh, the beach was full of people. And uh, the CDC sent out a travel advisory email encouraging people to refrain once again from travel during the spring break time periods this year. (sighs) Okay, I know that the University of Miami has canceled the traditional week-long spring break and scheduled two Wellness Wednesdays. Oh, well, they've already had one. I bet it went over great. The next one is April 14th. That's when classes are going to be canceled and students are going to be allowed to participate in activities such as yoga and other outdoor activities. Man, does that sound fun. If I'm at the University of Miami, am I counting down the days until the next Wellness Wednesday? <laughs> oh, man. You've got to be kidding. But anyway, good for them. Good for them. Plus... Now, yesterday I saw a story where a couple of guys got busted in Georgia coming to Florida from Michigan, and they had uh, they had some drugs in the car. I'm guessing they were getting ready to uh, make a little cash during spring break, and they got busted in Georgia. Now, I will say, these guys uh, seem to be a little dumb. Seem to be a little dumb. Now, they... Uh, were arrested for possession of Schedule One controlled substances with intent to distribute. Oh, okay. So they had a variety of smoking devices, approximately 50 vape pen cartridges containing THC oil. The search also revealed prescription medications. Doesn't say whether it was theirs or not. And they, uh, we're using marijuana and the, uh, the Jones, the Georgia Jones County Sheriff, Butch Reese said, just a friendly reminder, while the use of marijuana is becoming more commonplace, it is still illegal. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. Sheriff. We appreciate it. But this is where they were dumb. Okay, this is where drugs make you dumb. Um, The deputy pulled them over 
because the vehicle was without a rear license plate. I don't know if one was in the rear window and he just used that as an excuse to pull him over. There just, you know, wasn't where the license plate was supposed to go or they actually didn't have a rear license plate. Now, either way, you know, it's supposed to be on the back of the vehicle. So they pulled them over. The deputy, according to the story, noticed an odor of marijuana marijuana from the vehicle. (laughs) Another unit provided assistance and the deputy conducted a search. So he calls in another unit and says, we got to search the car. And that's when they found the smoking devices uh, containing THC and the prescription medications and, uh, and the marijuana. So good luck. God bless. And that's a little, you know, while it doesn't seem like a lot, that is some controlled substances that perhaps would be purchased during spring break that will not be purchased during spring break because they will not be available. I know, I know, kind of a bummer and might make you think of taking up the 75 bucks from the university instead of, you know, going down to Florida for your spring break. All right, we have another study too. And this is from uh, Yochi Yusa at Nara Women's University. So it's another study with women. It's uh, published in the new current biology. And who doesn't get current biology? I can't wait until the arrival of each and every new current biology that I get in the the mailbox so anyway they um they found that uh these new sea slugs several species of sea slugs can regrow their own heads after decapitation uh okay we need to figure that out for sure so a student was reportedly examining the uh the invertebrates in the lab when several of the slugs removed their own heads and then they regrew them back. (laughs) So I guess the slugs realize, Oh my, uh, man, do I have a headache? And they rip their head off and then they grow a new head. So the student said, Hey, is that a fluke? So they took 16 sea slugs and they cut their heads off. Six of the 16, not all, six of the 16 initiated the regrowth process. Only three of them successfully sprouted a new dome. And one slug lost and regenerated its body twice. So I think, you know, look, I am not a scientist and I only, you know, I only delve into the, you know, the publication current biology. But it would seem that when they do it, they do it correctly. When you do it, when uh, Yochi Yusa or the student just chops off their ass, <laughs> uh, they aren't quite ready for it. And they're like, hey. And then, of course, you know, 10 of the 16 didn't grow back. They were, I don't know if you want to use the word, but I will. They were dead and they didn't regrow. But uh, that's pretty cool that we actually found something that 
can shed their whole body, pull their head off, and grow a new body. They figured that they, you know, how could they survive without a heart, right? But I guess they figure that uh, because they have, uh, you know, they they have a habit of photosynthesizing food from sunlight like a plant, um, they, you know, the, the heads harness the energy from the oxygen and the sunlight and then you know they grew they grow a new head or new body uh pretty cool if we could find out um you know what causes that and maybe we could start you know they have plenty there are animals that grow you know new legs and arms and other appendages but nothing that you know pulls their head off and regrows like that so uh it'd be nice to uh it'd be nice to figure that out wouldn't it oh man lost my head oh let me grow a new one no problem oh lost my arm let me grow a new one it'd be kind of cool to have that technology now i will say that we did find out from the 1993 documentary jurassic park from Dr. Ian Malcolm that uh, life uh, finds a way. So there's that. And, you know, I know that uh, these Japanese sea slugs, it may be because of where they come from. Who knows? But it is good information to have. And I can't wait to find out if we can just start chopping off heads and body parts and regrowing them. That would be cool and i'll tell you who would love to be able to grow new body parts is dak prescott i mean it doesn't matter sure he had a compound fracture and dislocated his right ankle and then had a second surgery to uh improve the stability and integrity of the ankle but it didn't matter uh, because he just signed a new deal for 160 million dollars $126 million guaranteed. Good for him. I mean, that's a... (laughs) Wow. That's a good deal, man. And he got a signing bonus of $66 million. That would be tough to take. That would be tough to take. And really, I mean, I know that we have, uh, you know, Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and... uh, Russell Wilson, who, along with Dak, who are the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. And uh, they're all African-American. They're all black men. So I don't know if it's time to maybe put a rest on that whole, you know, the NFL is racist talk. But anyway, uh, he's almost the same as Patrick, who is the highest paid because of taxes, uh, because he lives in uh, Texas. When they broke it down... It looked like uh, it looked like Patrick would end up with about fifty-two million, and uh, uh, Dak would get about forty-six point six. That's what they would pay federal tax-wise. So you're looking at uh, net wages of Dak with seventy-five point six and Mahomes with seventy-five point eight. That's uh, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, That's a pretty good deal for Dak. And congratulations, you know, good deal, happy for you. But 
I don't really know if you're worth it, but if you could get somebody to make the deal like the Dallas Cowboys with Jerry Jones at the head, then you are worth it, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. So, congratulations. All right, let's go to the break room. I need I need something cold to drink after finding out that Dak has got a four-year deal for $160 million and $66 million uh, signing bonus and $126 million guaranteed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. He'll be okay uh, at $126 million, no matter what happens. Congratulations. All right, I just go to the break room. I was going to tell you, so good, didn't you? That's what I thought, but, well, it was. So, uh, if you're listening to this program right now, and you are not a subscriber to this program, what are you doing with your life? It's time, your life is not as full as it could be. And if you want to make your life that much fuller, subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Choose whatever platform you want. There's a plethora of platforms out there. Whatever one warms the little cockles of your heart, you go ahead and subscribe on that platform. You can use the one you're listening to now and say, oh yeah, this is fine. Or you can choose like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, if you're not using one of those uh, platforms, listening to the show now as a freeloader. Uh, it's, you know, you want to turn your life around and make yourself that much better, become a freeloading subscriber. Then everybody loves you and you're turning your life around and your life is that much fuller. But if you're just a freeloader, nobody likes freeloaders. Nobody. So you don't want to, you don't want to do that. So after 41,000 complaints, 41,000 complaints about Pierce Morgan's coverage of the Royal interview, he's out as host of Good Morning Britain. Wow. Now, he stormed off the other day, so maybe he was done with the show. You know, maybe he had, you know, figured he was, you know, done with doing the stupid show to begin with. But he storms off, and then, uh, have a nice day, it's over, right? So, uh, they confirmed in a statement that following discussions with ITV, Pierce Morgan has decided it's time to leave Good Morning Britain, and we've accepted this decision. There's nothing further to add. Wow. So, I mean, we're not saying anything. It's just, yep, he's going to, we told him, uh, you need to resign. He did. We accepted it. Have a nice day. That's it. Wow. Over the Royals interview. (laughs) Okay. All right. I mean... He was all for the Royals, right? I mean, he was beating up on Meghan and Harry and he had questions and people were not happy about that at all. Well, at least, you know, 41,000 people wrote in to complain. I would like to, you know, see that documentation if I was him. But, you know, you got to believe him, right? And let's be clear. I mean, he came back after he stormed off and said, hey, 
Uh, when we talked about this, I don't believe what Meghan Markle is saying generally in this interview. And I have serious concern about a lot of what she said. But he also said, let me state for the record my position on mental illness and suicide. These are clearly extremely serious things and should be taken extremely seriously. And if someone is feeling that way, they should get the treatment and the help they need every time. And if they belong to an institution like the royal family and they need to go and seek that help, they should absolutely be given it. And remember, she said she asked for it and they told her that she wasn't a paid employee so they couldn't give it to her. Well, are you telling me? And I think we talked about this yesterday. Are you telling me that Harry and Meghan Markle, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, can't get some kind of help because the royals, the institution, the firm won't pay for it? Are you kidding me? Come on now. Come on. Come on. So not long ago, before the interview, you know, the Oprah interview, there was a study that talked about 45% of the people believed that Prince Harry and Meghan had let down the royal family. And 43% of the people claimed that they think less of the royal couple now than they did last year. This was in uh, February of this year, 2021. Now we have a latest survey that talks about, uh, this was after the sit down. Now they gathered feedback from uh, a new survey of uh, a little over 12,000 British people. And 50% of those asked think the interview will ultimately hurt Markle and Prince Harry. And only 23% believing it will work in their favor. So I guess the other 26% was, I don't know. And 40% of those people are also of the opinion that the couple failed to live up to their royal responsibilities. And 66% think that the former royals deserve to have their honorary titles and royal patronage taken away from them. Yeah, no kidding. Only 44% of the members of the public poll believe that the press was too relentless in their coverage of the couple. 36% deciding the media was just doing their job. And 58% of the people surveyed agreed that it's time for the British people to stop obsessing over the royal family. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's not good. That's not good for the queen, which was why she needs to, she's been playing kind of nice. Just, uh, we love them and we're moving on. Cause as far as she's concerned, keep obsessing, keep obsessing. Speaking of obsessing, I see where Disney plus has now gone over 100 million subscribers. <laughs> I know the big talk is it took Netflix six years to get over a hundred million. And they now, you know, they just not long ago went over 200 million. But, uh, and I know that they, you know, I know what's his face from Netflix had talked about, uh, Reed Hastings, the CEO said that he didn't think that they would hit over, uh, 60 million in the first year. Well, I mean, it's, they, you know, initially said that they were going to get 60 or 90 million in the first three or four years. But they went way past that. Now they're projecting 230 to 260 million in that same time frame. 
I don't know that I buy that. But I do buy that it's because of things like Netflix that Disney Plus was able to jump in and grow that fast. It wasn't, they're not up against Netflix. I mean, they're working, you know, in tandem. So, uh, you know, that's really impressive and good for them. But uh, they definitely have got to turn the thinking around now about what programming they're going to do and the content that they're going to be creating because they've got we've got all these 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 uh these subscribers and they're going to want content and they're going to want more content than uh you know looking at uh, Dumbo and the aristocrats and Peter Pan being uh, well they weren't canceled they were just put on the back burner and they were just you have to go through a, they moved from the kids section and then there's also, you know, their disclaimer at the beginning of the movie. But they, you know, and then, you know, their CEO said, we're not uh, left-leaning or right-leaning. Oh, really? That's really strange. That's really strange. I mean, it doesn't, it makes sense that that's how they see themselves. Because that's the same way that, you know, Apple and Netflix and Amazon, YouTube... Google, they all see themselves as, well, we're not left-leaning or right-leaning. We're right down the middle. This is a free market system working, and it's a free speech, and we're just making sure that everything is, is okay, and there's no harsh words between any people anywhere. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right, then. You know, good for you, okay? <laughs> good for you. Speaking of good news, Candace Owens looks like she's going to have a new show on the Daily Wire launching on uh, the 19th of March, 2021, Friday night. And that's where the show's going to be every Friday. <laughs> uh, she's going to record a new show every Friday in front of a live audience in Nashville, Tennessee. And this is part of the Daily Wire. And it is behind the paywall. It is not going to be up on YouTube or any other entity. It is going to be uh, behind the paywall on the Daily Wire. So it's going to be an interview with a guest and a panel discussion. Uh, she says that it's going to be, you know, funny. Now, I know it's kind of like a Bill Maher kind of setup. It's what it kind of sounds like. Okay, we'll see. We'll see, how, you know. She, you know, she said it's going to focus on humor. It's going to be funny. It's going to be lighthearted. And uh, she said it's going to be hopeful. All right, good. I, I hope that's the case. I hope it is. And look, you have Bill Maher, who comes through from time to time on HBO with, uh, you know, you go, see, that's why I like him. And then a lot of times you realize, man, Bill, how can you believe that? And John Oliver, which is agonizing. Trevor Noah agonizing and so are the other late night dingleberry hosts just agonizing these days and they're going to be more agonizing now that trump is gone man because they got no beating up on trump anyway she uh she's going to start that this month uh in you know march of 2021 so good luck to candace i hope the show you know works out and and look they just inked a deal with uh, gina carano too we talked about her uh, you know with disney plus right and the getting the getting the boot 
from the Mandalorian. And now she signed a deal with Daily Wire to create a new film. So, which I'm sure will be available behind the paywall. So that's, you know, good for them. Congratulations. I hope it all works out. I like Candace. Uh, I don't, I don't know her that well, but uh, she's, you know, she's been really nice. And I've met her a couple of times. So, you know, I hope it works out for her. And in hacker news, hackers doing what hackers do. <laughs> hackers doing what hackers do. Hack. Okay. After disclosing that Chinese hackers infiltrated uh, Microsoft's Exchange email server um, from, you know, stolen emails. And uh, sure, they installed backdoors to the FryFest sequel, but an estimated 60,000 organizations are compromised, including a lot of U.S. small businesses and local governments. Huh. Really? Yeah. That's it, though. Tens of thousands of Asian and European organizations also affected, including the European Banking Authority. That's it, though. So, according to Microsoft, they've issued security patches, which users must manually install to prevent further intrusions. Oh, okay. But, uh, I, you know, if... uh, Different hacker groups are now also exploiting Microsoft clients who haven't secured their systems. Five different hacker groups are now exploiting the clients that uh, haven't secured their systems. So hackers are doing what hackers do. They hack, they sell off some info, and those new hackers hack some more. That's it, though. That's it, though. And what, look, what else could hackers do but hack? Right? I mean, that's what they do. Like the hacker group that broke into California's security company, their California-based security company, and they gained access to 150,000 surveillance cameras in prisons, police stations, and international Tesla facilities. That's it, though. (laughs) That's it. That is it. I mean, really? It's just, it's an easy explanation. Hackers doing what hackers do. Oh, and don't forget about the, uh, you know, the SolarWinds hacked. Uh, that compromised about 18,000 organizations and several U.S. agencies. Um, you know, that's it, though. So there's just three examples of hackers doing what hackers do. <laughs> it's not even funny. It's not even. If you think for, I mean, I have ExpressVPN and I love it, and I, you know, I hope it. It. I really. I, I believe that it. It helps a lot, and it certainly helps in, uh, you know, keeping your searches uh, blocked. And uh, you know, if you think that your information though is not out there in the world, you're wrong. You are so wrong. And I don't know if there is a fix anymore. It's a sad, I want to be hopeful. Candace wants to do a show on being hopeful, but well, you know what? It is hopeful because it's not everybody. It was only, we did three stories and you've got what? 150,000, 200,000, 300,000. You got maybe what? Maybe, you know, a few hundred thousand 
businesses and organizations and companies and individual that are, you know, been hacked. So ah, it's not everybody on the planet. So don't worry about it. There is hope. Quit your whining. Speaking of hope, you could probably still get Derek Jeter's home or one of his homes, the Lakefront Castle in, uh, in New York for a lot cheaper than what he originally wanted for it. Now, he was started asking $14.75 million a couple years ago. Then he took it off the market, and now he just put it back on the market again, shaving $2 million off the top. So it's $12.75 million. I bet you you could get it for probably ten. <laughs> Derek wants to unload this bad boy. So if you could, you walk up to Derek with ten million, you've got your house. I get, I, I, you know, I don't know that for sure, obviously, but I would say, yeah, you do. So you got six bedrooms, twelve bathrooms, more than twelve thousand square feet. The castle and the lake house each features uh, turrets with stairs that uh, lead to the widow's walk, from which guests and they could, you know, could see the lake and the grounds. Both homes were built in the 1900s with the castle higher on the hill and the lake house right on the window, right on the water. And they've got stone fireplaces and the millwork. And it's, it's been reclaimed, restored wherever possible. It's reclaimed wood was brought in to replicate parts of the moldings that could not be saved. And the main floor features a great room, formal dining room, bar, game room. One of the estate's four gourmet kitchens and there's also an outdoor kitchen it's got 700 feet on the lake you've got extensive gardens water features you got a waterfall a lagoon an elephant fountain that sprays water from the animal's trunk the infinity pool that overlooks the lake plus there's a pool house and a large terrace they have a replica of the statue of liberty also on display next to the water so i mean it's well worth twelve point five million, which is why you know fourteen point seven five million was a little much, but twelve point seven five million, not twelve point five. I'm sorry, twelve point seven five million is a little bit better price. But you could probably walk up to De- walk up to Derek right now down in Florida, and say, "Hey, Hall of Famer, uh, I'm the one guy that didn't vote for you." I thought you should be in the Hall of Fame. I just didn't want you to get in with that unanimous vote. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you $10 million for the castle. For the castle property. What do you say? I would almost guarantee Derek would say, It's yours. So a few headlines that uh, you take with you just so you have them just so you know them uh you know about them unilever the consumer goods giant removing the word normal from its packaging to be more inclusive so nice of them boeing last month received more orders for its planes than cancellations for the first time since november of 2019 that's good news for boeing that doesn't make it perfect for Boeing. Four pharmaceutical companies are using tax breaks and 
Of course they are. I don't know why this is such a big deal, but they're, you know, I, you know why it's a big deal is because of the billions of dollars that they all settled in the opioid crisis. And we've talked about all those settlements. I mean, it was well over 20 billion, right? I mean, it was probably closer to $30 billion uh, in their role in the opioid crisis. Yeah. You know how the pharmaceutical companies were making those drugs? Anyway, don't even, we, we covered that on the program and online game platform, Roblox going public today via direct listing. It's only valued at $29.5 billion in January. So, you know, good luck to them. And Larry, the cable guy goes off on commie stupidity, on the Pepe Le Pew's cancellation. His quote, these cancel morons literally have mental problems. Push back folks. Seriously. We're neck deep in commie stupidity. Just say no to thugs. All right, Larry. Thank you. Good luck pushing that narrative. And this book, uh, man, I, I've, we've got to read this book, and I want to talk to someone. I'd love, love to talk to this author. The Hidden History of Coined Words. Um, Ralph Keyes is, uh, I guess he is known as the word nerd. I I would love to talk to Ralph about his new book, The Hidden History of Coined Words. I was uh, looking at some of the words in the book that, you know, he talks about retro language and euphemisms and uh, where words came from, like frenemies. Frenemies uh, came from a 1953 column from Walter Winchell. How's about calling the Russians our frenemies? Wow. Now, he's obviously spelled it differently than what we spell it today, but that's where it came from uh, in 1953. How about booty call? I mean, we all know what booty call is, right? We all know what a booty call is. (laughs) But uh, apparently the uh, hip-hop duo Deuce, D-U-I-C-E, uh, in 1993, uh, said in the mid 1980s, he and his friends used payphones to call that booty. Later, shortened to making booty calls. And the screenwriter of the 1997 movie Booty Call said in the early 80s, he and his pals would make what they called late night booty calls from bar phone booth. And a uh, booty, apparently, slang for you know genitalia. Uh, a play on the body fats waller re- co-wrote and recorded a song come and get it in 1941 with the line i've got to get myself some booty so there's that a <laughs> uh, wimps uh the word wimp in 1897 british children's book author evelyn sharp introduced a group of children who pulled pranks on others but broke into tears when the same was done to them. She called them wimps. W-Y-M-P-S. Respelled, obviously, wimps. W-I-M-P-S. It was applied to all manner of feckless individuals. Pretty cool. Gung-ho came from during uh, World War II. Uh, I guess in China... A slogan used by the Chinese worker soldier was Kung, meaning work and ho, together. And a Marine colonel used it 
for uh, the battle cry for the Marine Raiders in the 1943 Hollywood film Gung Ho about the, you know, the Macon Island raid in the Pacific. So, you know, it's just how, you know, it was in a movie and, you know, showed up, right? I mean, that's what the deal is. I loved how they, the, the uh, explanation of uh, nylons, nylon, you know, N-Y-L-O-N, and uh, DuPont first developed their new synthetic fiber. Its chemical name was polyhexamethylamyletho. All right. Polyhexamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylamethylameth
dying forever. <laughs> but the bad news to that is that she's living to be, you know, 150, and he's going to live that old. So they're just, you know, waiting for who gets in. And that, and that puts William into a tough spot because William's like, oh, no. I got to wait till I'm 70 or 80 to be king. Oh, that one hurts. So anyway, sooner or later, uh, Harry's brother and father should be king. Anyway, tabloid. Uh, so it's, you know, it's the, uh, you know, fun with his headlines. Got his name from medicine. In the 1880s, a British company came out with a medicine compressed into a tablet which trademarked the name tabloid. The smaller size compressed papers took on that description. They just started calling it, oh, that's all those are tabloids. With smaller papers, just like the smaller pills. Oh, oh okay. So and it'd be, it's just interesting to me to uh, know where all these words came from. And I really, I'm going to try to talk to this guy. It's awesome. Uh, Ralph Keys and the new book, The Hidden History of coined words got to talk to him we gotta we gotta find out about more words uh where they come from and other slang words in the book it should be should be fun should be fun so just a couple things uh political uh in today's chewing the fat and i try to avoid it you know from time as much as i can but we know that we have uh president biden speaking tomorrow and it's not a press conference i don't know where people are thinking this is a press conference. It's just him speaking on the anniversary of coronavirus. And he's going to try to sell that he's fine, right? Uh, and I know that we just had a new survey. 50% of likely voters said they are not confident that Joe Biden is physically and mentally up to the job of being president of the United States. Wow. That is not good. So he needs to make a big stand with this speech tomorrow night. Uh, he's got Vice President Harris calling world leaders. You know, if I'm a world leader, I don't care what country. I, I don't. I, it doesn't matter. You know what country? I mean, most countries are smaller than ours anyway. But if you're a, if you're a leader of your country, and the you get a call from the United States of America, and it's Vice President Kamala Harris, when you're expecting the president, Joseph Robinette Biden, and you get her, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I would be pissed. I don't know if it matters, you know, so whatever. But it, to me, if I was a world leader, which, you know, far cry, that'll never happen. But uh, I would be pissed. I would say, uh, maybe we put Joe on. What do you think? Where is Mr. President? In whatever language I'd be speaking, because I probably wouldn't be speaking English. But if I were to be speaking English as another world leader, I would be pissed and tell Kamala, hey, nice talking to you, Mr. Vice President, or Mr. Vice President, or the Vice President, however you identify. But put, uh, put the President on, not Mr. President, because we can't call him Mr. anymore. But put the president on because uh, I'm a world leader and I don't want I don't want expect you to talk to my underlings uh, until we've talked. So put the man on. Right. I just whatever. It's not I don't think it's a good look. I don't think it's a good look. Now, she might be telling him, look, 
Joe is babbling, eating jello in the back room. And uh, you got me or you got nothing. So maybe they're happy with it. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it goes tomorrow night, what he looks like. I mean, there's certainly been footage of him uh, out and about and making little speeches where he seems not all there. and It does not look good for him. So let's get him medicated up, put some makeup on, and uh, you know, put the visine in, and let's let's get him looking good tomorrow night for the American people. Let's record it in the middle of the day so it looks live, but it's not because if we make a mistake, we can go back and edit it in time. If he starts to drift off, we can reel him back in and edit it, and then we'll be good. And so it looks strong and good for the American people because that is not a good look. And of course. Everyone's all wound up about him uh, coming out in favor of this uh, pro act, which everyone wants, uh, you know, all the unions are for. For the, I don't know, few million people in the United States, I don't know how many people are uh, freelancers now in America, and uh, 57, 60 million people are freelancers and independent contractors in America. And according to all reports, this PRO Act would uh, not be good for the independent contractor. And if that's true, man, if they pass that, it's going to hurt a lot of Americans. You can quote me on that, by the way. You can quote me on that. And he's all for unions, man. He just gave him a bunch of money in the COVID bill. So now that everybody's got their money, maybe he can slide off and say no so 40 percent of the gig economy according to this uh, workers earning more than a hundred thousand annual 33 35 percent uh, make from 50 to a hundred thousand i mean that's what was driving the economy the last four years was this gig economy right so holy cow if they shut that down we are in trouble We are in trouble. Say your prayers. Say your prayers. Did that just come from chewing the fat? It did. And I mean it. (laughs) 